0: good morning lighthouse <laughs> i am so excited and i'm honored to be able to give you guys this morning's message um for those of you who haven't met me yet um my name's jed hilt i'm like like you said i'm the new i'm the new youth director here at lighthouse and and before we get the ball rolling on this um i wanted to make a quick announcement about a little fundraiser that we're doing um for the youth group, as as you guys may know, um, we're getting kids signed up right now for our winter camp that's coming up here in February. Um, how many of y'all have actually been to a Bible camp of some sort or a church camp of some sort? Okay, okay, okay. So you guys, you guys, you guys know how much of an effect and an impact these camps can have on kids, um, with the Holy Spirit at work in them, of course. And so. I've I've set a goal of about fifteen hundred dollars to raise in order to fund the youth teens winter camp. Um, this money is going to be used for things like meals, lodging, transportation, um, etc. But by by donating, um, or as I'd like to call it, sponsoring, you're making it more possible for kids to be able to experience the same things you guys experience at a Bible camp. So. Um, and be able to experience what it's like to praise God and learn about God at one of these camps. So, um, as a way of saying thank you uh, for your suggested donation of $40 $40 or more, we'd like to give you a custom made um, Lighthouse Youth Cup with some goodies in it, of course. Um, These gift bundles that that we made were personally put together by the teens and leaders that go to our youth group here on Wednesday nights. So, And with the cups and the goodies is is a little thank you card in there, and that that says uh, the kid's name, their favorite Bible verse, and how you can pray for them at winter camp, or just how you can pray for them in general. So um, if you'd like to be a part of making this youth camp possible, please go ahead and uh, meet up with the youth team out in the lobby after church um, at the Lighthouse Youth Table, and if you are a teen, of course, who would like to get signed up for camp, or even just come to youth on Wednesday nights, um, please come and find me after the service, or you can also sign up for the winter camp on the app or the website. So, thank you guys for giving me that minute. <laughs> um, I wanted to start off by giving you guys a little bit of detail on my testimony and on my background, but before we do, let's Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for uh, the time that we have, that we can come in and we can worship you and we can lift you up and praise, Lord God. Um, I just ask, Lord God, that this message would would touch the hearts of, of, of your people, Lord, and, and uh, I pray that people would be able to learn a little bit from this and be able to take something from it, Father. We thank you for all the things you've blessed us with, and we ask that you would continue to guide us and bless us this morning. Also, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. So, um, a little bit about my testimony. I grew up in Gooding, Idaho, out in the country. Um, my parents had a, a small dairy where I used to spend a fair amount of my time wreaking havoc on the place with the help of a Red rider BB gun. Uh, <laughs> my parents raised me, uh, raised me in the church. Um, I grew up thinking that, that I knew exactly who God was and who his son was. And um, I would attend Sunday school. I would attend uh, Christmas church plays. My parents raised me exactly how they should have. Um, I was a straight-A student. I was involved in athletics. Notice the key word here is was. (laughs) My family had nothing to do with uh, what was to come next in my life and um, so, the only thing was that I, I didn't tr- actually truly understand that, that Jesus is a real living person that has this, this deep, deep love for me. And so, as I got older, I began to get more focused on, not on him, but on how others perceived me. I began getting more hungry for popularity. I wanted to be that cool kid, of course. That's a typical phrase, but I wanted to be the cool kid that everybody loved and respected. And as a freshman, I, I started to get into smoking marijuana and often in order to achieve that status, in order to achieve that popularity, I would, I would uh, smoke. And from there, it, 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 it just progressed. My grades started dropping. I began falling behind athletically. I wasn't motivated to stay on track at all. And from there, it, it, it got worse. I began using more often. And on top of my marijuana use, I began diving into harder, more intense drugs. Uh, I started to hang out with people that were, that were far from good for me. I picked up this, this habit of, of sneaking out Partying, getting drunk or high at any opportunity I had. I was getting pulled over and arrested over and over again, in and out of juvies and rehabs. Um, and pretty soon, being being that that cool kid turned into being a straight up slave to my sin. It drove me, and at some point in time, I didn't. I didn't even want to be alive anymore unless I had access to these drugs. And at the age of 17, I was already facing felony charges for uh, possession. The The devil had me on track. He had me on track for incarceration, for death. And he was planning on keeping me there. In the, in the darkest depths of this addiction that I had developed, I, uh, I began to perform acts of self-harm. Uh, suicide became more and more of an option in my head. Until I, eventually I met this guy, he was my old youth pastor, and his name was Jake Sanchez. So what, what Jake focused on when he was teaching was almost every single time he preached, almost every single time he taught was about the unfailing love of Jesus, about this deep love of Jesus that I hadn't understood. And, and not only would he preach this message and, and, and give speeches on it, but he'd also live it and he would display it as well. Jesus began working through Jake in a way that that was that was eye-opening to me. And he started showing me that deep deep love that I was telling you guys about. And people people might say, "Well, what do you what do you mean? Tell me more about it. How do you how do you describe that love?" And the best the best way I could describe it was by telling you guys this story. And when I was about 16 or 17, I was I was placed on house arrest with one of those Big, fat, ugly ankle monitors, um, and that was due to drug use and alcohol charges. And uh, people didn't didn't really want to be around around. And I could I could tell that the ankle monitor, especially, would would make people slightly uncomfortable around me, especially when they caught sight of it. And I had, I had family that was, that was very supportive of me. I did have family that was supportive of me and wanted, me to, wanted to see change in me. But, but ultimately, I felt, I felt alone. And one of the only people who would come and visit was Jake. He would spend his own money <laughs> to drive 20 minutes out from Wendell to my house in Gooding every week to talk with me and to give me guitar lessons. He didn't care about all the things I had been doing wrong or that I had an ankle monitor on or even where my mind was at. He wasn't focused on that. And that's, that's, this, this is the true love of Jesus. Jesus doesn't care how far gone you think you may be. It doesn't matter how deep the hole is that you've dug for yourself, Jesus will always be there waiting for, for you to grab hold of him so he can pull you out. And that's exactly what he did. He made me a new person. I was, I was able, eventually, I was able to get clean and I started giving all of my life to him. No turning back. He's broken my addiction to seven different drugs and I'm free from those chains now because of Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Anyways, for, and for so long, I, I sat there in the midst of, of my sin, doubting that God would want anything to do with me for some reason. And I, fe- I felt like I was, I was tainted goods, like rotten meat, like a lost cause. Someone that was too far gone for God. I thought that I was out of reach. My sin, my sin and my, my past especially, had this grip on me. Something I couldn't break on my own. Something that only Jesus could break. And for so long, I listened to, to this lie that the devil would sit there and plant in my head. He would push on me, how, how much of a failure I was, how it's, it's too late now, it's too late to turn back, it's too late for change. And every time I would, I, would, I would even make an effort at living how God wanted me to, Satan and his helpers were always there to pull me back down by the, the chains that had been fastened to my heart. And we hear, we hear people talk about their chains these, these things that might, might seem like, like bolted down in a way inside that, that keep a person apprehended. These chains that people can't seem to break because they don't know how. All, let me tell you, all the manly strength in the world cannot break these chains. Because these chains that people try to live with are not made of, of materials of this world. And so let's, let's look at um, how chains are, are actually made here for a second. See, the, the common chains that, that we use here on Earth are usually made up of some kind of, of steel or, or brass or iron. They're, they're made up of, of some kind of, of combination of metals and, and non-metallic elements. Um. And for example, we have, we have brass, which, which is an alloy, and alloy is what they call this, this mixture. And brass is an alloy of two metals, copper and zinc. We, we also have steel, which is an alloy of iron and carbon. So we have these mixtures of elements that, that make chains here on Earth stronger, right? Well. What I'm trying to show you guys is that the devil oftentimes does the same thing with the forming of the chains that we have on our hearts. He'll take a combination of shame and fear, and he'll hook that into you. Or he'll take unforgiveness and anger. Maybe find a good spot to add that on. For a lot of people, and especially me, he he would take addiction and, and self-hate and bolt that down so that it was made to never come off. And so as we try to move on from our issues, we we'll, there there's always going to be these these chains that are that are readily available for for Satan to take hold of and to pull us farther away from God, further away from who we want to be, further away from the goals we have set in our lives. And so that's Here's one thing that I really love about New Year's. Everyone, everyone begins to have this sense of, of moving on or, or bettering themselves for the next year. You, have, you might have the group that says, all right, I'm going to hit the gym hard five days a week starting on New Year's. I'm going to get that six-pack. I, I always want it. <laughs> you have those that say... Uh, Maybe, maybe that say that I'm going to start eating better this year. And they start a new diet. Sometimes even, even addicts will say, I'm going to stop using starting on New Year's. But the thing is, the majority of these promises that get made never, never really get fulfilled. Or people, people will change maybe for that week, for that first week, or for that first few days, and then fall back on the old things that they were doing. People want to change and, change and move on from, from what is bad for them or, or bad for their heart. But oftentimes it never happens because they rely on something else. They rely on their own strength for breaking the chains of their old habits. The good news, <laughs> the good news is we can't get rid of our chains. We cannot break them. Everyone's saying, okay, <laughs> it's getting kind of gloomy. <laughs> How How is that good news? How is that good news that we can't break our chains? The good news is, is that God has provided someone who can. Amen. God has provided somebody who can. And that somebody is, is Jesus. that somebody is Jesus. And so really fast, can we can we turn to Acts 13 uh, 36 through 39 are the verses that I want to focus on right now. Um, so, in Acts 13, starting really verse 36 it says, "Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors." And his body decayed, but the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin, a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Moses. so long as we believe in him and give him our chains give him our chains he sets us free he makes us new through this this covenant of his blood he breaks our chains he gives us freedom he fills our hearts not us he's always he's always there waiting for 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 you to wake up and to to finally believe in him if if and he's, he's waiting for you to, to cast all of your cares on him because he cares for you. There's, there's, no, there's no secret to success. There's no five steps to how to cure all of life's problems. There's no other, other book or movie or teacher or class or therapist in the whole world who can set you free from your past other than my master Jesus Christ. So, so give it to him. Let, him. let Him break your chains. Let Him work in your life without, without you trying to step in and take the reins. Because I promise you, and I know this from experience, I promise you the, the moment that you begin focusing more on yourself and leaning more on your own understanding, you will fail. That's just how it works. And when you decide that you want to give it all to him, when you do decide that, okay, yeah, yeah, the creator of all existence is probably the best person to give all my problems to, yeah. When you finally decide that, believe and and trust in his process. You You have to believe that Jesus really did pay for all that dirt that you brought up in your life. You have to believe that Jesus can break your chains. Because if, if you're always turning back, if you are constantly in your own head about, about the person that you used to be before Christ, if you continue to dwell in your past sins instead of abiding in him, then how can you say that, that you believe in Jesus? And if, and if you don't believe that truth that Jesus came here to deliver then you don't, you don't believe in the power that Jesus has. Therefore, if you don't, if you don't believe that, that Jesus has any power, then you have cut yourself off from the only thing in all of existence that can give you freedom from your chains. In fact, getting rid of this weight that we carry is, is essential in our walk, and especially in our service to the Lord. And I want, to, I want to direct our attention right now to this scripture out of the Gospel of Luke. Sorry, I'm making you guys flip all around. But um, I want to go to Luke 9, uh, verses 57 through 62. Um, in this passage, Jesus is talking to some of the people who wanted to follow him and, and serve with him. And, and there he begins to explain what the actual cost of following Jesus was. So in verse 57 it says, As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Listen, before, before I started my, my ministry in youth, I had this thought all the time, this fear in the back of my head, in the back of my mind that, that I was constantly thinking about, that what happens when, when someone knows the dead me, the old me, what happens when someone knows that person and comes, in, comes into church? Someone, <laughs> someone who used to know me for who I used to be is gonna walk through those doors eventually that knew me for being a drug addict. And I was so afraid of that. In fact, I, th- I, thought, I thought about it so often That it was actually leading me to focus less on the ministry and more about my past. And that's exactly what the devil was doing, was throwing the past in my face, trying to get me to swerve away from the service that I was diving into for Jesus. And, And we just read this, right? Jesus said, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service for service in the kingdom of God. In order for me to shift my focus on what needed to be done for the kingdom of God, I first needed to give that worry that I had constantly in my head to Jesus. It was paralyzing me from from working for Jesus and for working for the will of God. I called I called my mentor a while back and. Um, that's Jake Sanchez, the guy I was telling you guys about. Um, and I said, dude, I'm, I'm just so worried <laughs> someone's going to come through those doors and realize that the, the high school meth head is now teaching in, in the church. And he said, Jed, <laughs> that is so unrealistic of you to think like that because Jesus took a cross and he put it right between you and your past amen and then it was funny because then I heard him hollering on the other side of the phone saying come on somebody come on somebody like he was trying to cheer on a crowd but anyways it was just me so I I cheered him on a little bit anyways (laughs) he's a very enthusiastic preacher I love that dude um but that's the truth. Jesus had, had already dealt with our sins and pasts. So, so what's the point in dwelling in them? And, and please, you guys, please don't take me just for, for some kind of feel-good preacher, okay? Regret is absolutely necessary and essential in repenting for our sins. We need... We need to not only be, like, sorry for our sins, but also we need to dislike our sins so much in a way that we never turn back to them. However, that does not mean (laughs) that we need to let our past haunt us. Jesus came to this earth to give us a gift of of eternal life, free from from every screw-up and failure that we ever have had. And this gift is ours, and it's inseparable from us, so long as we accept it and turn. So I encourage you to turn. Give him all your chains. Give him everything that you feel is fastened down to your heart that you've been dragging along for so long That life, that life that we had before we knew Jesus is over. It's done with. We are new through Christ Jesus. A new person. We have a new life in him. I want want to leave you guys today with with this scripture uh, for the new year to, to just just to rest on. And lean on. And that's Romans 6, 9 through 14. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. (laughs) uh, Man, you guys are awesome. Let's pray, church. Father God, We thank you, Lord. We thank you for this sacrifice that, that, you, that you made, the sacrifice of your own son for our sins. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you're, you're there, that you're willing all the time, you're willing to break our chains, you're willing to break us free from who we used to be, from, from our past. And so, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask that you would just take our sin and take our shame and break our chains, Lord. And if you are one of those people out there right now who feels like your past and your sins are just destroying you inside and out because that's all you can think of is how you failed, how you messed up, how you stumbled. If right now you just, you want to get rid of all that weight, if you want to experience freedom from that weight and you want Jesus to break those chains off of you, I want to give give you guys a moment. I want to give all of you guys a moment right now just to get real, just between you and Jesus. Go to that place right now where you know it's just you and Jesus. And what I like to do when I have something on my mind like this is I, I will picture him or I will picture his cross. And I will take whatever that is in my head I'll bring it to his cross. And I will leave it there. I will leave it at his feet. I will leave it at the cross. to give your life to Jesus but you don't know how if, if you want to give everything to him right now I'd like to invite you to pray pray this prayer with me there's no there's no better time there's no better time than now to do this and I can't stand it when people say I'm just I'm just waiting I'm waiting for the right time I'm waiting for the right feeling to jump in waiting for the green light. No. The best time is now, is in the moment, right now. Don't wait any longer. Don't second guess it. There's no better time than now to do this. Jesus doesn't need you to He doesn't need you to perfect yourself before you give your life to Him. There's no need to wait for the right time or feeling or moment in your life to do this. So if you want to give your life to Jesus, let's pray. Father God, I admit I have sinned. I believe that your Son, Jesus, has paid for my sins on the cross. And I ask for your forgiveness of all my sins. Make me new. And show me how to walk and abide in your love. those of you who have made that decision to give your life to Jesus, go ahead and, and make your way to the table as we get ready to take communion. And listen, the, the Father, the creator of all existence, sent his son, his one and only son here to the earth, as a payment our sins. He took up our wages. He took the wages that that everyone, every one of us owed wages for our sins and He paid those wages for us. He made them into nothing. as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take this and eat it, for this is my body. Without error, without fault, without failure, without any mistakes, without sin, Jesus Christ walked the earth and experienced what it was like to be tempted, hated, betrayed, beaten, mocked, flogged, and crucified even after being found innocent. He came to this place to defeat death itself and pay the wages of our wrongs and sin. And so, as we take the bread, Remember that his body, the body of Christ himself was broken for you. Take an eat in remembrance of him. And so As the body is broken, what we also see when the body is broken is bloodshed, and that's exactly what the juice is here to represent. As we take the cup, we want to drink this in remembrance of the blood that was spilled from our Savior's body in order to serve as the once and for all sacrifice that was foretold in the Old Testament. In verse 27 it says, and he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. So please take and drink in remembrance of Jesus Christ.